0: I'm Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my time capsule is the podcast where I ask my guests to tell me the five things from their life that they would like to put in a time capsule, four things they cherish and wish to preserve, and one that they would rather forget and bury in the ground. My guest in this episode is the actor and writer Steve Edge who you will have seen recently in the film Paddington and the TV series Benidorm, Happy Valley, Plebs and Scarborough, where he acted alongside Jason Manford, with whom he co-hosts The Jason Manford Show on Absolute Radio. Steve began his career as a stand-up comedian, and a lot of his early work was with his friend from the University of Salford, where they were students together, Peter Kay. Steve was in That Peter Kay Thing, Phoenix Nights and Max and Paddy's Road to Nowhere. I first met Steve working on the television series Mike Bassett, Manager, with Ricky Tomlinson. But we also worked together on the series Starlings, which he co-wrote, and Benidorm, which was a difficult job, involving endless long evenings of, well, drinking in the sun and karaoke. Huh. Life can be tough. Anyway, I spoke to Steve at my home in my rather echoey dining room just before lockdown, which seems an age ago. But I do remember we had fun. I hope you have fun listening to our chat. Happy days. Lovely Steve Edge. Welcome. To my time capsule. It's nice to be here. <laughs> it's, it's good to have you. I've got an enormous time capsule ready for you. Oh, it's, it's a bit big that one. <laughs> Is it? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what we can get in there. <laughs> I don't mind if it rattles around inside. It, of it might, it may do. That's all right. It may it do. It. <laughs> so do you want to launch straight
2: in? Let me know what you're Okay. Well, no, obviously, so it's four great. Times I've had in my life. That's it. That I'd like to keep and remember forever. Yeah. Or things. I like or... to think that my memory's going to get wiped. And these four things are the only things I'll remember. I like to think
0: that you can, when you get old and grey and, you know, your memory starts to go. Yeah. You can use this as a reminder of those okay moments. Yeah. If you like the bad thing, we can put that in its own little chamber at the bottom. Okay. So you only find that once you've gone through
2: the yeah, top layer. yeah. like in biscuits.
0: If, if occasionally you want something, you know, yeah, a cathartic
2: moment where you, where you have to go, oh, no, actually, I really need some pain in
0: my life. Yeah,
2: or if you've, if, when it's found in the future, they look through and they go, oh, it's actually a decent sort of, blah. hang no. on, there's a loose yeah. bit at the bottom here. What's what's this? Oh, no, <laughs> there's something terrible yeah. okay. <laughs> okay.
0: For your grandchildren. Yeah, so they'll, they'll find out. something. suddenly go, oh, yeah. no, such a I lovely... I why there
2: was nothing on him. No-one spoke about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of this, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I'm going to go with, um, it's a strange one. When I was about sort of 14, Mm -hmm. I used to get the bus from Cannock, where I grew up, to Wolverhampton Library, which is quite a big library compared to Cannock Library. And I used to go through the the microfilms of The Express (laughs) and Stars, the local newspaper. Right. From about 1970 onwards, to get the exact date, a certain episode of Porridge or Rising Damp, or, or was, was on, So I could mark up my tapes I had this collection of VHS tapes I think I had 700 or something In my bedroom on these five shelves Comedy nuts I was would, sort of, So you were uh, studying comedy Yeah, I, I had an archive I had my own archive Which and, would be useful You know, the yeah. BBC ever uh, Well, made again, mistake of, throw all the stuff away again Which they did Which they have done but, Yeah, <laughs> quite a few of them The steptiles are black and white Because they threw them away But, um, but it also, while I was in there I'd sort of I'd go past the news stories as well. I'd find things like when Bobby Kennedy got shot. I remember the headline on the Express and Star, it was the ten final. Said, been shot gonna be all right. (laughs) And then obviously next day, dead. (laughs) So that was that and then uh, Ali insane insane, in with uh, Foreman, that was like, Oh, he's got no chance against Foreman and then you look next day. But I'd just spend the day I mean you could do this in seconds now on the internet. You could just go, When was this episode? When was just desserts, which is the second series of porridge. I think it's the 24th of October at 9:05. <laughs> I, I was kind of, sort of, you know. I mean, I'd go to a point where I'd write the day. I remember writing Thursday, 23rd of August. I mean, he didn't really need this. and I'd copy them because they'd play them in the wrong order on BBC too. So I'd copy them into the right order. Thereby losing the quality. <laughs> so it, it, there was more. But you were more, more interested like keeping the archive. the
0: order in which they were
2: broadcast. Yeah, but it's just, and I, I still do this today. There's certain I don't like being on my own. I Don't like. I like about eight hours on my own. I need a bit of space after about eight hours. I'm like, I need, I need to talk. I need to get out of some now. <laughs> That's why you turned up here. Yeah, I need to get out. Yes, but I still like doing a jigsaw. I like a jigsaw, and I put a record on, and you're not really in either zone. You're not really focusing on the jigs, You're not really selective. You just sort of that piece. And I think that's what this was. I was about 14 and I'd read as well. I'd read, I remember reading, there's a brilliant book by John LeMessurier called A Jobbing Actor. Oh. And I read this when I was about 14. I thought I imagined this yeah. until about, about a year ago. I bought this book again to see if this section was in there. Cause I'd said this story to people. I thought I must've made this up. I haven't made it up. This is what he says. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> he says when he was about 15, um, his parents said, what do you want to do with your life? And he said, oh, i doing it." <laughs> and he said, "He needs to join the army or the navy." Or I think was the navy. They got him a train ticket, so he had to go all to the shot and meet this big general and see if he was fit to go in there. He said, "So I got the bus." I got into central London. I went to Hyde Park. I had a quick wank. I got on the train and I was like, hang on, what? <laughs> I'm in the book. And I'm like, did he say that? And he did. So he, that's his story. And then he goes to Aldershot. He talks the journey through. And he said, I got to Aldershot and there was a big flight of stairs. And I walked up this big flight of stairs and at the top, there was a big table with a commissioner stood there. And they said, um, how many steps have you just walked up? He said it was obviously some sort of test to Mm. see how I was paying attention. He said, maybe I didn't want to be there, so I wasn't paying attention, or maybe I was still lethargic from the wanker head of the (laughs) bar. And I just, I remember reading that when I was 14, going, this is mad. But that is actually in the book. And I thought I'd imagine that over years. But that's stuff like that. And I remember just, you know, when you're a teenager and you think you don't fit in anywhere. Yeah. Growing up in the West Midlands as well, my brother sort of steered me in the right way. brother used to sort of, read sort of the Spoke Barathrousta and stuff like that, yeah, Nietzsche. And, yeah. and and I'd be, I remember like when I was like 15 being on the bus reading Brave New World by Oxley and, you Ooh. know, Albert Camus, The Outsider and The Plague and stuff. And I, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't get any of it. No idea what but, it was, No, no. I, but I can still say now I've read all these books, yeah. but no idea what it was about at the time. I just I remember little bits of it. Yeah. So it was just all that sort of period in time. But it was the putting things in order that I really liked. And just seeing the old news and, and just being able to put things in the right place. I, I loved all that. And it, like I said, the archive of comedy, that was... So that sounds very... Were you academic at school? I wasn't not academic and wasn't super academic. But right. I think I was I was mad into comedy and the comedy that I liked. And it's also when I used to go... That's where I discovered sort of Hancock's half Air. Right. I used to get the records and mm-hmm. stuff. And loved all that. And nobody... I mean, I liked at the time. I would have liked the young ones, same as everybody else my age did. I was about ten when the young ones came out, and and all that. But but it was always I liked the writing of Goldman Simpson and uh, Clement but That was who wouldn't? It, it still stands, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, it's an odd thing barometer to judge things against. I think nowadays because well, it, it, it's so um, much comedy
0: if you look at it from different periods was only for that period. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely gone, and it doesn't work. It's not how I remember, remembered it. No. no. It's but that's because play. it was specific to that time. Yeah. But some comedy, and I think Gordon and Simpson absolutely fall into that category. Yeah.
2: That they wrote just great comedy. It's a, it's about people, and it's conversation. And it's not funny voices, and it's not that thing apart from Keith Williams. <laughs> it's not, it isn't, is it it's a situation. Absolutely. It's also around the there was a because Hancock was born in Birmingham, he was born in Hancock's great in Birmingham, and there's a thing in Birmingham called I think it's still going, the Tony Hancock Appreciation Society. And they used to meet every year at the Midland Arts Centre with the Mac, and I used to go when I was about 15, 16. And they'd play a, an episode. Because the, again, there was only there was one video, I think they had five episodes on sort of Bowman's Blood Donor, Radio Hammer. The 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 ones from the last series, basically, when St. James isn't in them. But there, there was an episode, again, you can get them all there. Yeah. And they're probably all on YouTube, but you can get them all on DVD. But there's an episode called There's an Airfield at the Bottom of My Garden, where he's trying to sell his house and a plane flies over and the set collapses. 22 minutes in but the set collapsed 5 minutes in and it's live so they have to try and but keep you, going yeah but i just I'd read about this in books but they used to play them at these shows really bad quality and stuff and I was mad into all that and I remember I remember talking to an actor about this once and he said do you still remember all that and I was like no because I sort of work in this industry now, so I've sort of forgotten all that sort of stuff really when who directed Porridge I went to Sydney <laughs> and sort of it's still in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's, in those days, it was Scotland Simpson. So you'd watch it thinking, did you think
0: this is what I'd want to do? Or did you just I, say, this is so brilliant, I just admire it for the thing itself?
2: I, yeah, I, I loved that, and I loved stand-up as well. And I, and I always wanted this stand-up, and the, the course I eventually went to do, I had a stand-up option. But it, it was kind of... We had a video camera in our house, and we used to make sort of horror films and little comedies and stuff. But no one in my... I mean, my dad worked in a uh, nuts and bolts Steelwork steel work factory in Rubrione in Bilston mm. and uh, I think growing up in the Midlands I, re- I still remember now there's it's still not really changed that much but Lenny Henry mm-hmm. Josie Lawrence and Andrew O'Connor I think were the only people on television that had a similar accent to me mm. uh, Julie Walters as well but the, Lenny sort of and she didn't do it very often no and Lenny sort of was mainly taking the mick out of Dudley and yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff so it's not really it's not an accent you ever see on so that also brings you back I mean even now I think that the stuff that I've done over the last what, 20 years or whatever I've mainly done another accent yeah. other than the show that I wrote where I went I'm doing my own accent yes, exactly. I do a Northern accent in things because no one wants to hear my accent <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to you know like from the West Midlands
0: on television <laughs> still not happening I've had to do West Midlands in Trekking. my career. And I really enjoyed studying it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really did it wasn't what I thought it was as well. Well, if somebody from... said said, you know, he's uh, he's from the Midlands. And I said, well, we're in the Midlands. Yeah, because it's, yeah. In Leicester. Yeah, it's very, it's different. Different. It's very different, very different, or, or Wolf Adam. and then, yeah. then you're in... Yeah, really... You've got black country, then, as well. Black, black country. country yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed studying
2: it. I'm not going to do it for you. No, OK.
0: Because it'll be shit. Yeah. yeah. But
2: it is one of those accents that, if done wrong, it is quite annoying. It's annoying done right. <laughs> no, no, I don't, done I don't wrong. find it annoying. I'd, I'd like it's a, I like the Midlands. Yeah, it's a chance of, it's a gentle accent too. Yeah, I think
0: it's very good for comedy. I don't understand why I think, people yeah. would always go either northern or.
2: Well, it's London. that argument when people do that argument about is there a difference between northern comedy and southern comedy? I always go, well, I think like you know, maybe all the Pythons are from what we'd call the north. Aren't yeah, Palin, in Sheffield, scraped mm-hmm. Leicester. Terry Jones was North Wales. Yeah, just Cleese is Western suit mayor, isn't he? I think the rest of them are all all up there.
0: Yeah. For my generation, my age, that's what we did at 14. Yeah. We, we all learnt the Monty Python albums. Right. So I, I could do the entire, you know, no one expected Spanish
2: Inquisition. Yeah. Quickly and fluently. Yeah. You know, it worked f- faster f- than Eric Rick Idle. I think yeah. we did, uh, we did young ones quite a lot at school. Yeah. We do that quite a lot. My mum had a, Pippa Dee parties. Remember this? Pippity. It's basically when your house gets turned into like a dress shop. So oh, right. someone, I know the sort of thing. Yeah, they bring a load of dresses in and then your mom sells dresses and she gets commissioned. She gets commissioned. And I remember me and my brother just watching the Bambi, the one episode of the Young Ones, where they go on University Challenge. Yeah. When Aid gets his head cut off on the train and, and The Stephen Fry lorry. Yeah. And, and, and then Thompson. Thompson, yeah. And Ben Elton. Yeah. And Ben Elton. And he boots his own head up the track and says, You took your time, you bastard. And I remember watching that and shocked. Uh, women buying dresses this is just wrong but that makes it your thing doesn't it that's the thing I think that makes it your comedy because it's pushing against the other generation speaking about the things that you find weird yeah being
0: 14 is a very difficult thing especially for boys I don't know I mean maybe I think girls are discovering that actually at 14 you can see that they're sort of going oh I think I might be turning into a woman yeah And they see other women who are older and they sort of mimic them. But as a 14-year-old boy, you had no chance of mimicking Sean Connery. No. And anybody who was 19 was so cool and driving around in a car and uh, looked so manly. You knew you had no chance of mimicking.
2: Yeah, you you wouldn't... But also, I think girls tend to operate in packs and talk to each other more. Yeah. Whereas boys just wander off. That's what people think. I have a, a, a... a drinking group.
0: We just sit on our own and get drunk and don't talk to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) we do largely. We do, you know, my wife says, what did you talk about? And I say, uh, oh, somebody had a really interesting trivia fact. That was basically it. That was it. Somebody told a joke. We never talk about anything. I've had people go through cancer treatment in this group. No one mentioned it. No, we didn't know. No, we
2: mentioned it. No one mentioned it. So that thing of
0: being 14, I think, stays with you. Yeah, just, yeah. You yeah. are fourteen, which is why idea. maybe why that we make
2: so many mistakes because we we just never stop being An old fourteen. Actor said that to me once. He was a really old actor, and he said, "In your head, you're always 14. Uh, he said, you're how old you get, you're just still 14. I think that's <coughs> applies to women as well. Yes, you stay young in your head. Some people do, don't they? Some people do, but most boys in Canada were probably you know drinking red stripe behind a skip. Mm. <laughs> You would go. You've been the live to go a microfilm. Microfilm, getting microfiche going you know, a <laughs> You could photocopy. I never, I never photocopied it. I used to write it all down. Oh yeah, take it back. But like I said, you could literally go on these. Well, thirty copies were two pence a copy. You know, yeah, it was a lot of money. It's going to add up. It is going to add up. I mean, because rising damp was onto good sort of a couple of years before. I spoke to Darren about that, he said that when Benidorm won his first
0: award. <laughs> that he, he got one of the best laughs he'd ever got on stage by saying, "Oh, that's a great joke." I'm yeah, joke, but he, yeah. 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 He, said, he said, "You know, I, big thanks to ITV for, for doing the series." He said, and, "You know, we're ITV on a real roll with comedy." He said, "You know,
2: rising damp and now yeah. us <laughs> with this and rising damp quite yeah. a roll." Yeah, I <laughs> know that just sadly small ITV comedy, doesn't it? That's about it. Yeah.
0: So I think we should put that in the time capsule. Okay, I won't seal it yet. No, don't say it. No, no, no. Just let it. Leave the microfacies, <laughs> but the don't let space. the air get them too much. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Oh, oh I fit it easily. Oh, it's loads of room in there. <laughs>
2: loads of room. So what's the second thing? So, Are you going to do
0: this? Is chronological? Are you going to go? Well,
2: just because it tells. I think it shows me growing as a person. Yeah, or, okay. or not? <laughs> I don't know. But. Um, so a few about well, a couple of years after that, when I used to be in a band with my brother and my best mate from university, we saw sort of quite an angry sort of. Uh, I don't know what we were. Don't know what sort of music we played. Uh, it's hard to get drummer, but it wasn't. It's <laughs> not about. <band, laughs> don't want to be. In, they want to be in metal bands when they show up. Yeah. They don't want to be in a normal band. No. Yeah. They want to do a solo and stuff like that. So we mainly had a sort of drum machine, and we did I think we had a song that was like 15 minutes of feedback my <laughs> brother sang over it it was really sort of experimental <laughs> but um, we really enjoyed ourselves <laughs> but um, we used to go so this is what I'm putting in um, I think it's 1989 or 1990 mm-hmm. we used to go we went to Paris as a band wow on a little tour and I think because Paris has got that thing It's when you we're talking about being a teenager you know, no one understands you I'm different. From, I'm more poetic than these people in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all go at Paris. They'll understand <laughs> us there. They're, they'll There's get poets. They love feedback. Oh, they <laughs> and they're welcoming. <laughs> Parisians are probably the nicest people in France. I'd say, without they're the doubt. really <laughs> gentle and welcoming. They love you having a go at their language. Rest of France is difficult. Oh yeah, But, but the, the, Parisians, the Parisians really make an effort. I think <laughs> <laughs> they always make an effort. So we used to since 1999. We, we went really, over. I remember we went to. A, there was a a travel agency in Warsaw called Alpha Travel. It's probably still going, I don't know. It was an old sort of Indian man. I say old Indian man, we were 16. He was probably 42. Yeah. But we went in the three of us and we went, we want to go to Paris for about a week. He said, how much money have you got? We went 35 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And he made it happen. I don't know how. we had 35 pounds each, but still we went for a week. We were in the nearest the nearest tram stop was I think it's called Parmentier. And we just... We went there. We took a Ilford black and white 35mm film. So all the photos, we took a... Sobronis. Oh. Just teenagers. And we just... I had, like, a roll-neck sweater on. Like the Beatles in Hamburg. Yeah. But we all wore... We thought we were the Velvet Underground, I think. We all... Um, we had these jackets. They were, like, leather jackets, but they weren't, like, biker leather jackets. They were, no. like, smart suit jackets. They smelled of, like, disappointment and betting shops. <laughs> old, old men There was, there was this big place in Birmingham called the Rag Market... I think it's underneath what the new ball ring is now and they have these jackets suede jackets corduroy jackets Them sort of we all had these they? they're Chelsea boots we had our uniform yeah and we'd go to Paris and we'd hang around sort of Père Lachaise Cemetery and drink cheap wine by sort of Jim Morrison's, Jim Morrison's great, great. it's got Oscar Wilde's there I Yeah, Chopin's there and there's another one just down the road that's got Serge Gainsbourg and we went there to hang around there and so paranois, but <laughs> I remember somebody saying to us once, when we were in this there was a club in, in Warsaw called Punch and Judy's. And it was a pub and there was like this indie disco in the cellar. And I remember a girl coming to us once going, You three a dead pretentious. <laughs> uh, I didn't, we didn't know what it meant. No, really. no, no we're not. We got to uh, Paris next week, actually, to sit <laughs> in, in our Chelsea boots <laughs> to drink wine near Jim Morrison's grave. Yeah. So does that make us pretentious? <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> don't so. think so. do think <laughs> so, But we used to do that. My, one of my abiding memories is it was all raining. It, my mate uh, asked me to cut his hair, and I, I spent about an hour doing this fringe, perfect line, and then his hair dried. And it went up about an inch. I <laughs> feel you know, like Bruce Lee. I've got, still got some black and white photos of it. <laughs> really arty, just. I think while we were there, there was a, a retrospective of um, Andy Warhol stuff at the Pompidou Centre. We went to that, saw all this original silk screen. We did sort of drop quite lucky there. Yeah. We, we ate nothing, we had no money for food. I think we had some bread and some marmite. Even yeah. in the top of the wardrobe, my brother had chipped in for it, so he wasn't having any. <laughs> one day, a loaf of bread went missing. It all kicked off. Oh, and we were so—I well, I tell you what—it was. It was nineteen ninety. We were so entrenched in being this band and hanging around a pair of shades mm. that we were in the room one night, just sort of drinking our cheap wine being cool. And there was loads of shouting next door, and it was the World Cup was on. Because so obviously that was Italian oh. ninety, but we weren't weren't aware of this because we were. We were in a band, now. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing that's... our thing. But I just remember that being, I think, I don't know if the kids do it anymore. Being in a band when you're that age is brilliant. Yeah. It wasn't
0: for me. What were you? I've, I've, when I was so sort of staid and singing in the church choir that, um, that when suddenly asked to join a rock and roll band, you couldn't <laughs> cut loose, you <laughs> too, couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, I was too tight. Yeah. No good at all. No, I just... But, I mean,
2: I, I, I wish I had been in
0: that sort of situation.
2: Yeah, this was the, the canic scene, <laughs> as I call it. Uh, the, all the bands were, were all very similar. There's was a band called A Cryptic Flower. We were oh. called Capsules, our band was called. Not Capsules, not capsules just Capsules. Capsules, uh, there you are. You are yeah. putting yeah. the Capsules in the, in the capsules. Capsule. But we, all our posters were like... We had one with a picture of Maria Faithful, i we're really young. We had one ambulance disaster the end of war. We had that... Mm. We had one of Charles Manson. I mean, I'm going to
0: ask you when you went to Paris in 1919, <laughs> Yes, the band. Yeah. Did you perform? No, no, God no. no,
2: no, no. We didn't. not even on the street. No, no. We were just we were, It was the photo op. We didn't. We didn't do a gig. We might have written a song while we we're there. Maybe. We were quite, we, I mean, we were. I was 16. We would have got really drunk on yeah. some cheap French wine, as it used to be. And as interestingly, I went to Paris just before Christmas, and my wife. And uh, it was really, uh, they we're on strike. I remember, the Eurostars offer from council. The metro wasn't running, so it's a walk everywhere. Wind howling, newspaper blowing around the state. And I saw a man in his 40s crouched under a tree, being sick in his own hands, <laughs> crying. And my wife went, is, is Paris the most romantic city in the world? <laughs> I, was, I don't think it is anymore. <laughs> and I sort of I loved it when I was 16 but I don't read I don't post. no I went to Paris recently the did, same thing did you have a nice, was, did, you, oh, did you have a reference did you just open your eyes and go you, this isn't as good as I thought no, it was no
0: I didn't no I didn't think it was as good no it's not is it no it was like a post-apocalyptic Paris when we went there do you know what i, I say? mean? It happened? recycling yeah yeah everybody's putting recycling things out and the wind comes up and it all gets blown <laughs> everywhere yeah and so, so, that, so you're blaming David Attenborough? We're very, <laughs> very much so, We're putting plastic all over yeah. the place by putting it outside the front and door. Must,
2: I know. I mean, it's awful seeing a whale with a... With a sort of... funny kind of No, just blow right. No, but there must be one fish eating in <laughs> one when a shark's running and going, I'm in here. You get can't get anywhere. It's helping some... Surely it's helping some <laughs> fish. Obviously that fish at one point will grow too big and he won't be able to get out. It'll backfire, but... It must be the old fish who benefit from this. I'm happy for
0: you to look into this okay. and find out if you want me to I keep this done in. Any you can keep to, this, to this in, or we can edit this out. It's <laughs> up to you. When the lawyers get right. in touch, let me Google it and then I'll, I'll send you text. Let me find out what other people think. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> no one seems to be mentioning or no talking <laughs>
0: about it. Why don't they?
2: Why well, it seems to me about it's about important.
0: Them. I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh dear. Brilliant. So you in Paris at a 16-year-old. 16-year-old right? in Paris. 1990. 1990. With my band. Uh, with my films. They're all going in there whether they want to or not. Yeah. I mean, they're... I mean,
2: it shows that I've grown.
0: Yeah. I'm now no longer
2: just on my own. No, you're with cataloging. other people. in Doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, with my brother. It doesn't That's really count that. No. No. With my brother. I mean, I man So this Yeah. I've got one other guy involved. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a party later.
0: Uh, yeah, there is. Ah! <laughs> There's a party. That's good. All right. Well, that's going in then. That's the it. just nestling up against the microfuge. Moving on in time, as we seem to be. Yes. What's the third thing you'd like? So do? you I'm can at any point you could put in. You don't have to do bad last. You can. Oh no, I might do, do bad last because right,
2: uh, It predates all these. Ah. Just uh, I'll save that one. Okay.
0: Okay, we're going to take a short break here for some adverts. We'll be back shortly.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
0: OK, let's find out what else Steve Edge would like to preserve in his time capsule.
2: I think the next one I'm going to go for, I'm about... How old am I now? i about 23. Yes. It's the first time I did any um, TV acting. Right. So I'd gone to sort of Stafford College and done a little little tech or whatever, and then I went to Salford and met some lovely people. Mm-hmm. And then it was... Uh, what was it? It must be about 1998, 1999... I did that Peter Kay thing, which is the first thing Peter did. Peter was here, brought me at unit. So we were mates. And he sort of, that thing I was talking about, knowing every episode of I it, mean, Peter was also got that. So we, we got on well because of that. Yeah. And uh, I just remember turning up. It was in Blackpool. I think it was a night shoot. And night shoes are always nice, aren't they? So you don't find... I, lo- I love a night shoot. Do you? I mean, it the makes it a little bit quieter. I no, no one's great. shouting. No one's running around because you could trip over... There's a hot box, there's a little pie in there. I'm not good, oh, I get to 11 o'clock. Cold, I've been cold. cold. Oh, right. it's cold. I, I suddenly think I need to go to bed. I think this was more a dark night shoot. It was like, it's probably only about 8 o'clock. Like, it wasn't like in the middle of the night. We were filming in the Terror Ballroom, which is now famous and strictly, strictly. Uh, yeah, ballroom. I, I filmed there myself. So. Back then it wasn't, there was just three old women dancing around, there was nothing happening there. <laughs> no. But I just remember turning on and seeing, you know, uh, boom mics and cameras and dollies and People asking if you want a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Go, oh, that's, this is nice, isn't yeah. it? You see why people fall in love with AD. My wife's an AD. Somebody's asking if you want a cup of tea Company, yeah. all the time. Can yeah. I get you anything? She's not maybe once since we've been married. <laughs> not once. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember getting there and seeing it. And obviously, I think the episode—I think it was the bingo one. Eyes oh, down. So I think Peter had a he had a tash on. It was proper dress up. He wasn't just Peter. He had a wig on yeah. and a beard. And then the week later, he was Leonard. He had a full beard. It was. So it was like the full thing. It was like, this is like, this is proper acting. He's not just whacks a beard on. That's a costume beard. It's brilliantly made. <laughs> I remember seeing Alex Lowe was there doing a little bit. And Sean, who's in car show with him was also in his year at uni. Mm. So weirdly, I only thought the other day, I've known both of them for 25 years. Well, She's longer than half of my life, which is quite frightening. But she was there as well. I remember seeing her already comfortable and going, they're all really good. All, and you, you get that nerve thing. You go, they're all brilliant. In mm. this. And they all seem to know what they're doing yeah they've just been be there one day longer than me yeah <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time was, they're, they're all doing what we're all doing faking it yeah but it's that thing my mate always says that when you turn up on set for the first day everyone thinks you're an arsehole and it's your job to prove them otherwise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do too do you want tea no I'm alright I'll get myself tell me when to I'm, perfectly I'm fine tea. I can make tea thank I you think I think think it's very kind of you like you know, my that. tea yeah. no it's no do no with that no. you always get that lesson that I remember One twenty, it was raining the costume was standing there with a Broly over me. I said, no, I, I, I can hold that myself. And she went, it's not for you, it's for the costume. <laughs> like, <"Okay."> Fair enough. <laughs> okay, that's me. Yeah, place.
0: Yeah. That's quite Where I am. Okay, and if you show any interest in their job, yeah. I think it's a very important thing to do in film, yeah. to not say, well, I don't know anything about cameras.
2: Yeah. And then they go, great, good, because you're going to be useful. Yeah, I don't know this works. Yeah. I just throw in a little thing about a Preston ring or a... Toffee yeah. Get a toffee hammer, guys. Yeah. Uh, we, well, we're not crossing the line, are we? No, we're crossing the line. crossing guys. the line. <laughs> <That's>,
0: <laughs> I know what I'm that's talking that's about. That's the question. Right? Actually, a director, uh, no, a cameraman once said to me, if you ever worried about remembering your lines and you want an extra five minutes, just bring up the topic of crossing the line. And they have a big discussion. And they around. will all talk about it and say, no, no, that, that's not crossing. If we were here, we would be yeah. crossing the line. Yeah. yeah. If
2: he come in there, just in the and comments, it, off you go, just checking your signs. Check your lines. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that's why that's going. Cause it's the first thing I ever did, and... It was just. It was just. It felt like I was. I'm, I'm in a proper show. Yeah. And also the it, the thing with that and Phoenix Nights is, you'll know this, but you end up in comedy. You end up being in a gang, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And there's all different gangs in comedy. And you, you can tiptoe into other gangs, but there are a certain gangs, and that is my gang because it's the first thing I ever did, and it was mates from. It was Pete was been mate from uni. I remember the first day I was there, and Toby, who's the other half of the band, in phoenix nights yes yeah. unless he said "We well, you we'll this weekend. and i said i've got this gig in chef and he went i know it's mine you're doing my gig <laughs> and then we we're all stand-ups and we're all ended up doing gigs together and it was just that thing as well we, we were in every day so we saw it getting made from beginning to end pete used to send me drafts of the scripts so i saw it getting finessed yes and i even went in the edit once so like i saw a show getting made from beginning to end and you feel yeah. an ownership of that thing as well. Well, that was it like cool. ended up being quite a good one. <coughs> it could have just ended up being on that shit. But it, but I saw the, the mechanics of it all working. And it was just a lovely, lovely group. When when I did that gig for Toby uh, in Sheffield, he brought me on by saying... Uh, I was talking to a mate the other day, and uh, he said, I said, where are you from? I said, Sheffield. He said, oh, Sheffield. Fucking oh, blokes. everyone's thick. Thick as fucking Sheffield. was thick. Women are all ugly. Just backward. Fucking backward town. <laughs> I thought, how can you think like that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can ask him yourself. Here he is, Steve Edge. He brought me on to that. We go. Thank you <laughs> <laughs> very much. Sheffield. Did you, did you suddenly go, I'm going to do a Northern accent and just go, <laughs> <laughs> <striped in. laughs> I think I used to say when I was a stand-up, I used to go, in case you're wondering, I haven't got a head cold or just had a stroke, I'm from the West Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> I that used to be my in line. Very good. I've done it for years. But gangs in comedy, I think, is... It's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, and also imagine.
0: seeing things at the beginning of um,
2: yeah something and the, the early
0: days of something and knowing that you were there watching it develop is a yeah. really f- fascinating and thrilling thing, isn't it? I went to London as a student to um, a house where Richard Curtis lived. I had to sign a contract. And while I was there, Richard Curtis was sharing the house with Rowan Atkinson. And he came downstairs... And performed the classical pianist Mark, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. thing that he did at the Olympics. Yeah. And he'd been working on it in his room. And so that was I saw the very first performance of it. It's good that. to be there at the start of things like that, isn't it? And he, and I watched it and thought and I thought, God, that's amazing. He's such a brilliant comedian. And Richard Curtis, which is probably why he's fantastically successful, said, I think you should do that bit
2: there and move that to there, and and that goes on too yeah, long. Yeah, that's where it all goes. So he, was, um, he analysed it perfectly, whereas I was just amazed. Talking about gangs in comedy, we, about five years ago, we did a Phoenix Nights for Comic Relief, and we all got back together after probably about 16 years, mm-hmm. and it was lovely. It was just really nice. We we were all back together again, as we were. It was It was a really nice thing to do, and just... I'd never, you know, when I did stand up, I think the most I, was, I did like we did a little tour when I, I stopped doing stand up. Me, Paddy McGuinness, Janice Comley, and Archie Kelly did a little tour, mm. and we did Blackpool Winter Gardens, and it was 500 seats. I think that was the biggest we played. But the Manchester Arena where we did the Phoenix Nights nice live was amazing, 15,000 or whatever it is. That was it, it,
0: bizarre. Peter Kay is, is an extraordinary man. Isn't he? I mean, yeah, just he has an enormous following.
2: It's also just sort of naturally funny as well, he which is great. People funny. don't get him. I mean, he literally walks on and says, Yeah, right. And everyone just laughs. When we, because Peter's a year above me, so when we started, um, our year started at Salford University, the second year, so Peter's year, put on a little sort of review show above a pub. It was the first week we were there. And everyone had written, all, you know, a little 10 minute, there was one with Chris Bisson and Sean, I think. and Yes. Two straight girls in the village, or whatever it was, and it was all little sketches, and they are all, you know, was cobbled together. Somebody sang a song, and somebody did this. It's was a, a pub, really rough pub it's Sutherford. Of and Peter was the compare, and everybody had finished. He'd go, hell, I mean, he go, Fuck you, now, what was that? And he in the same year as us. I remember the director going, He said, this is, this is your year didn't it?" And He'd go, oh, No, but I was fucking awful. It's like comparing or ripping it apart. It's a brilliant way to work. <laughs> even then you were like oh he's, and he's, he's got it he's, he's got it but also it, that may be the clue to it because actually I think his comedy is just fantastically honest yeah that's yeah. what he doesn't do a lot does he as well that's the thing so it's I mean even you uh, know he doesn't I think it's nice has never been repeated no um, that's repeat no, no. <laughs> <actually>. that's it
0: or <laughs> I'm just going to do a comedy song and it's going to be yeah the greatest and record. it will like, where
2: yeah when we did the loan one was that it's just sold out straight away but and then had the extraordinary thing of the fantastic Ted Robbins. Well, that was that was the first night. Wow. So we'd never run the show completely through. And even after the first night, we hadn't, because Ted collapsed. I think it was just before the interval. me yeah. we meant to go on straight after. He just sounded different. He went scouts, and Den uh, Perry wasn't scouts. <laughs> no. I think he repeated a joke, and then we just heard this crash, and it was it was awful and then I remember the stage manager going go on like we're Le- Les Dennis and Dustin G like we're not going on. <laughs> go on we're not going on it's not, and, then, and then they it was, we, you know everyone knew straight away because we all had the mics on and you yeah. could hear that something was wrong so everyone the audience you knew the audience went and then there was this sort of weird sort of half an hour when we were waiting to know if it was going to be alright and I think Lenny Henry was in the green room and I think he said something like, I was there on the night when Tommy Cooper died. And I thought, like, Lenny, not no, the but time, not, not the time, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, was, he was fine, so it worked out all right. Yeah. yeah. Was it
0: quite t- touch and go, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think he died for about five minutes or something like that. There was a paramedic in the front row, luckily, because there's an arena that size, there is an ambulance staff there, but. They wouldn't have got to him as quick as this guy in the front. He knew straight away. Yeah. We, we all knew straight away. Yeah, thank goodness. I think there was. We had a when we when he was getting better. He said, um, "I spoke to the doctor. He said, the only things I can't do is I can't jog and I can't do any arc welding.'" <laughs> <That's> what, Ted, <laughs> what Ted said, "And then we found there was a, there was a little thing to find this mystery paramedic who saved his life." My mate's a paramedic, and he was going, "He won't want to be found. He's just no. doing his job." Yeah. And then we did find him about halfway through the room and, Neil said we spoke to him uh, apparently they started your heart he had to crack all his ribs to start his heart I said, apparently he started his heart after they'd only cracked two ribs but it's in your act so he thought he smashed the other ones <laughs> <laughs> so it was all it was all good and I think Ted even did a video from the hospital and by the third or fourth night he was at, he was at the end still still waving and stuff Ted Robbins is the best warm up in the world I was warm up a mastermind once no. I, I was doing a gig with him in Chester and I picked him up mastermind and I went in just a little curve and I could see he was asking the questions and he was going yeah, mm, question number three and he just fluffed the line and the lights came on. Ted just walked out and went, I used to be in a band I straight <laughs> into straight <laughs> into and I was right into, right into just talking about the mastermind didn't it? Yeah. and then I'd continue 20 seconds left like, <laughs> it's a <what? It's laughs> in mastermind they do this wow yeah. I, did, I did a Saturday
0: night sort of quiz show thing with Simon Mayo hosted it and I did the voiceover but the desk went down. The, the desk they were actually yeah. using to film the whole thing went down in the studio. They had to take it out of the booth and bring a new one in oh, from God. another studio, which took about an hour and a half. Yeah. And they, they said to Ted, um, Ted, we're going to have to change can the Can you thing. Fill for an can hour? And hour you, and can half? you just fill? And he said, How long? It's an hour and a half. He went, Fuck you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he did. I remember doing the pilot once for Hat Trick at Granada Studios. And they said, do him, we know any warmer packs? And I said, Ted. And they went, Ted doesn't do, he doesn't do pilots. He's too big to do pilots. Mm-hmm. And this other guy did it. I won't name him because it's not fair. But he's, he's a mate of mine. And he's, he said, I'm going to do it. And uh, I saw him doing it a little bit. I said, this is an art gig, isn't it? And he went, no, 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 was Jordy. <laughs> and he said, not really. I said, I know, but you've got, to, you've got to have 20 minutes of material for doing this. You've got to cut a joke halfway in the middle mm. of a joke. And he went, no, it's fine. He's quite fine. 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 easy. And I was in at the beginning and the end of this four-hour record. I think I went home and walked my dogs. Yeah. And really I came back, and he was going really well. When I came back, I went out just to check out who was getting on. He had a book in his hand. he question 47, Robin the new <laughs> was nominated for an hour. I to a book quiz.
0: <laughs> He's run out of stuff, completely gone. <laughs> I did it once in my life, just uh, warm-up. Somebody said to me, "Do you want to do warm-up? I thought, "Yeah, I'll have a go." You never know. I had gone through my material before the show even started, and then, fortunately, there was an actress in this sitcom who was really terrible. So I got all my laughs from saying, <clears throat> "Yep, going could be made a dame," you know. I'm <laughs> From the MBEs on the way, and I'm just, it's just, a, no just really form. just attacking this ball, i right? so I've, <laughs> I've, <something>, I've, <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got nothing, but I'm going to no. use you. Yeah, and I would get I'm getting big so laughs, big laughs from the audience. Yeah. And afterwards, her, her boyfriend came up and tried to. He was going to thump me.
2: Oh, People had to pull him off me. Oh God, mm. the worst things that I've ever happened to me. at stand up because I, I used to have a you know a good twenty thirty minute thing. And I remember getting an encore once, like a stand ovation. I was like, oh God. I ain't got anything else. <laughs> I couldn't not do it. So I just went on and I ain't got, I ain't got nothing else. <laughs> tried bust, bust it for a bit, probably did what you did, just had a go at somebody. Just, <laughs> on the audience who, because they loved you, they would laugh a lot when you with. Know and didn't work out that actually, no, he hasn't got anything else. He's That's, not joking. Is he doing a thing? He's not doing a thing. I think he's just not got anything else. <laughs> so I think, yeah, learnt a big lesson there. Don't be too good. <laughs> So you no. get a stand innovation and an encore. Cool. All right, so I'm going to take your comedy
0: gang, really. So I'm going to put that in your time capsule. The lads. The lads. In they go on your first day of filming in Blackpool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going in. Uh, we've got tons of room in here, Steve. Yeah. I should have brought the, the small version.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know why I brought this big one. One of those, like, long tubes. That but is, that would have worked. The plan is in there. Could I could have got that in one, there, but, I, I, you know, I, I use the van. I'm a fool. You'd be fine. Oh, well. Okay. Well, maybe I'll transfer it to a small one later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we've come to number four. So number four, I'm going to go, it's my 40th birthday. Now, I was filming on my 40th birthday, so that's why I've chosen it, because I was doing a thing for Sky called Starlings, which you were in. Yeah. You were actually in, that's the second series. So we did two years of it, and my birthday was in the middle of both of the shoes. But the, the second year... Was the second series culminates with a big wedding and fireworks and a fire pit, and it's all lovely and everyone's all cozy. But that was my 40th birthday at that <laughs> night shoot, so I can look back at it. There's all fireworks going off. Eunice Stubbs gave me a cuddle, <laughs> and I'm with you know, I'm with these people who it was a lovely job because I mean, obviously, I'm gonna say that because I me and Matt wrote it together mm-hmm. and it was our little baby. But... We filmed it all in Matlock in Derbyshire, and there was a there was a hotel called Peak Edge Hotel, and all the actors we all stayed in there. The directors, so brilliant. We'd film all day. We'd come out there, we'll have dinner together, we have one drink, maybe do some lines, and they go to bed. But we were in each other's pockets. It, you know, a lot of jobs you, you you people go home or whatever, but we were all there all the time. So we got like actors do. You get really close. Mm. For a certain period, something I you never see <laughs> yeah. again. But I can't is, remember this. The people are the best people ever. <laughs> I love I, you. all. Yeah. What's his What's that guy's name again? When did, did I work with him? But yeah, but you do. But obviously, my birthday was in the sort of two weeks from the end of the shoot of it. So we were all there, and it was lovely. And it, there was a moment when we did the first series. Isn't that called Danny Peacock? Yeah. Who you must know. And Danny, if you don't know, he's in everything. One in the eighties, in Young Ones, he's in Quadrophenia, he's in. He's in the porridge film. He's in the porridge movie. He's the young lad who's just got in there. But his dad is like speaks so like that, day. Yes, And he's a sort of fireball. He's just all over the shop. Brilliant. Like you never know what he's going to do. Yeah. And he's in the first series of Starlings because his dad is in um... his dad's Trevor Peacock. Trevor Peacock, a display. No, 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 no. And his brother Harry Peacock is. One of my best mates as well. So, Harry's in Toast of London and doing yeah. star stories with me, Mary's Catherine Parkinson. They all sort of speak a little bit like this, <laughs> all with that sort of kind of voice. And, um, uh, it's mate. <laughs> but Danny's sort of a bit more met. And, uh, when we did the first series, we met him, and I'd always been a fan of Danny. And he, he said to me, and Matt, in the Bible, you join oh, it. And we we're like, well, no, because we're, you know, we've written it, we're want to Fuck it up. We want it to be perfect. we mm-hmm. keep an eye on everybody. It's like being a teacher, isn't it? Like, yeah. they're looking after your kids. And they're doing the best they can, but they're not actually their kids. Whereas this was our, we've got eyes on everybody. And we, if we're not in it, we're at the monitors watching, going, that could be better, that could be faster. And so we're like not enjoying it. No, we're too busy. Yeah. Like, You've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to really enjoy it. And we're like, yeah, fine. And then we did the first series When we did the second series, we really liked Danny. We made him te- Brendan Coyle's boss, and he's in. All the episodes, and he's there on my 40th birthday. And he came up to me, and he went, Enjoying it, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he'd remembered something from two years ago. And I, and I was, I was like, a, sat yeah, there yeah. having a party. And then we, it was a night shoot, so we went back to the bar. I remember just drinking with all of them. It was a Friday night, I think. And they're like, You've got to call it because it's your birthday. And it was like six, a for they were setting up for breakfast. They're like, I just want to go to bed. And they're like, You've got to call it then, call it. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to call it. I think, like, Oh, he's called it. <laughs> But it was a lovely memory, and it's just, you know, it rarely happens on jobs, doesn't it? When you are, we haven't done Benador quite a lot, I think. When you are away from everything, you can sort of relax, and so many different people to talk to. It's, it's, it's a lovely thing to do, I think. Yeah, it is lovely. But the thing about Stuntman's as well, I was doing a thing for BBC Four. It was a three-part sort of a hiking sitcom with Mark Heap, who's in Benador, with mm. Ruth Jones. And we were filming in Dorset, the Golden Camp, just the unit base was there, and it's quite high up, and there was a low cloud, and it just came through the unit base, and you couldn't see in front of you. you it's just really weird low cloud, and we were like, "No, all our phone signals got, we just got lost in some sort of mist. And then it cleared. and as it cleared, my phone rang, and it was my mate ringing me going, I was starting to just build my phone. It's your phone? Oh, sorry, so It's right, wasn't it? Brilliant, time. And my, uh, my mate Raymond, he was like, "Stella's just been commissioned. We've got, we've got a series, of eight one We've got right." I was like, oh, "Brilliant!" Was wow. like, t- I turns to Ruth, and I went, "I've just got our show commissioned." She went, "I've just got Stella commissioned." <laughs> <laughs> it was the same day. We were on this job on top of a hill where this magical mist. What was this cloud? I know this magical. <laughs> it was this Stuart Murphy sky cloud. Just came rumbling through there, and we have both got our shows going. Love what a lovely day, and really? and that is the job I met my wife on as well. So, so much there. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah. So you're my fortieth. It was a lovely, lovely day. surrounded by friends who I've not spoken to since. <laughs> <laughs> but it's
0: a good, it's a good age as well. Forty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's a good. You think yourself so when I feel as if I've been
2: around a bit. Yeah, but actually, I still feel all right. Feel good. Yeah, feel fit. You know. I, I, thought, I always thought that the thing that marked you at forty is a lot of. People, we know our fancy dress parties. And I've always. Never really liked a fantasy dress, but I'd go along because, you know, you don't be a misery. But when you get to four-way, they go, do you want a fantasy dress? i go, not coming. Not <laughs> no, got no, time no, for this in. anymore. No. no come in. Yeah, who are you coming against? Me. Yeah, come in as? Me. Yeah, coming as me. If you want, I'll come as a zombie version of me and I'll just black my eyes a little I've, I've got one set of clothes that That's I wear it. for parties. It's, and it. it's clean, That's so it. I'm going to... I'm an actor. I dress up. That's what I do for a job. Why don't you have one when we all work in an office like you do and I'll come as you. <laughs> yeah. I'll come as an office worker, yeah. <laughs> So angry Right. So yeah, that's a nice memory.
0: Lovely memories. Mm-hmm. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. That's, that's going in. 40th birthday party on set. In it goes. Right. Well, now we come to the moment. We got to the bad one, aren't we? We come to the bad one. But it's just a good thing that you're coming to the bad one because it's something that you can now lock away.
2: Yeah, I mean I avoided the obvious ones and I went for um it was a camping trip. <laughs> <laughs> In, I think it was Coven oh I'm worried about this yeah guy. it's Coven I think it was Coven which is near Wolverhampton. it was I was about I was probably about 10 and I, I sort of I was a bedwetter until probably about 11 or 12 I think. Mm. Uh, was, which is I mean there's a lot of bad stuff said about it but it is it's great having a bed <laughs> I just remember <laughs> just sort of waking up oh it's all warm oh um, I don't know we, just nip off to the airing cup grab a towel throw it on top back to sleep lovely <laughs> Yeah. I mean, somebody else got cleaned out. I mean, I didn't. You like, uh, your wife? I yeah, can imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is now. Yeah, but in those days. <laughs> but so I remember, and we went, to, and I've always been a sort of commando sleeper. I don't, I don't wear pajamas. I never wore pajamas. So why would you wear pajamas if you're going <laughs> to waste them? Stupid. So go hand in hand but we went on a school camping trip, and uh, they'd laid the tents out in like an L shape. So all the girls were that way in their tents. All the boys were this way, and then in the middle of the L. There was uh, probably the teachers mm. just, you know, probably drinking where we were. Where we were <laughs> or whatever. And I was in the middle of a tent with a lad called Darren Arbick Dawson and I think it was Craig Stratforth. <laughs> and uh, I got pajamas would got pyjamas because my mum had gone. well, you're going away? Go on, you going away with pyjamas. So I was like, got pyjamas. Pyjamas So I'm there. We're all going to sleep. I don't know what time it is. I suddenly feel, I, I go to sleep, I wake up, suddenly feel I'm, I'm, I'm weary myself. So I was like, right, well, I'm in the middle of this now. So I got up and I went out the tent. It was dark and I was tripping over like guy ropes all over the shop. Did a wee, finished it off, and I was like, right, get back in. I don't know where I am. <laughs> it's a bit confusing. So I found the tent, I think it's my third one in, got in the tent, got myself in the middle. There was a space in the middle, took me wet bottoms off, wet top, just tossed them behind me. But, like, you know, as you do, just yes. past everyone's head just thrown out there, just closed my eyes, and I heard, Vicky? <laughs> now, <laughs> the, the thing about this is, what's the weirdest thing about this is, Vicky Barber, not only has she gone to the toilet at the same time as me, but she'd left the mid. she wasn't on the left, she was in the middle, because I wouldn't have been able to get back in. <laughs> Bang on! And the, all the tents I could have mistakenly gone in, the one with the person missing the middle, and I just... Terrified! I'm in. I'm in the middle of two girls. I can't remember the name. One was called Rach or something. And I'm just Vicky Barber. Weirdly lived on my road, so maybe we shared a like bladder cycle. I just heard Vicky, and I just went. I'm in the wrong town. No, I'm in the- So I just ran. <laughs> <Vicky>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. ran, yeah, flees. I didn't want. I didn't make a noise because they'd know who I was. They go. I didn't make a noise, so I just ran. F- found my bearings. Got back in centre. Jumped back in the middle. Got back in the middle. I'm, Look, Darren's there. Craig's there. I'm back in my tent. I'm in my sleeping bag. Fine. I've got away with this. Next morning. <sighs> I think it was the girl who was called Rachel. Like, like a carrier bag. Like really, a couple of knots tied in. Mm. Quite a weighty carrier bag. He's got weighty. Are these yours? Oh, no. And I just remember, I remember dying inside and going, yeah, I'm like, yeah. And it was And there was two, two schools in Canning. There was Chenette... Which I went to, and it was Sherbrooke. They were sort of next to each other. And this was like two weeks before we went to big school. And they were all going to Sherbrooke, and I was going to Chinette. So I thought I've only got i I've only got to survive for two weeks and I've got away with this. And I did. And then when I was in the third year, the schools merged. Became And then the story came. came, up came up Trace, I was, no, they never mentioned it. Did they never? No. So I hadn't seen it for three years and they just they never mentioned it. And I was I, it didn't mean anything, so they'd forgotten it, but it was it imprinted you, on my heart. Yeah, of course. They never mentioned if they, it. They'd they'd Imagine the power. I know. Thank God for those girls. The power when they just come in and say, i oh, get
0: a new john." The chances gym.
2: of Vicky Barber
0: like, well, well, uh, going to the toilet. <laughs> I mean, uh, thank God, Vicky
2: Barber <laughs> didn't know. go into the other tent. No, no I If she, no, but if Vicky Barber hadn't got toilet, I'd just lay on. her? <laughs> she was bursting. <laughs> if for if the toilet. If she got into your sleeping bag, it would have yeah. been wet. I mean, yeah. Oh, no, oh, poor oh, Vicky, Vicky, Barber. Vicky Barber. Poor Vicky. I mean, all this is kind of her fault. <laughs> So that's the one I'm gonna lock away. But I did get away with it, I think. Yeah, just no, you didn't at all. They all knew, but only for never two weeks.
0: Never mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. But when weeks. we
2: met again three years later, they never mentioned it to you. Yeah. No, what it would have got? It's the sort of thing you want to go. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Maybe everybody just held it back. Yeah. But that's such a heavy bag. <laughs> <laughs> there was about ten knots in it. They were like Do one more, do one more, (laughs) double bag it, put it in (laughs) another bag. (laughs) They used to make you drink cocoa, didn't they, before you went to bed? It's their fault. Just piss. It's (laughs) funny piss, girls. Their pajamas are brand new. (laughs) They're quality. Yeah. FS. No, I mean it's flannel, it's soaked most of it up. What's wrong (laughs) with you? Oh,
0: Steve, that's a brilliant story. Oh, I feel for you. And no wonder. That by 14, you were sitting on a library in your own. Yeah. Uh, just well, I was just trying to scout just to get <laughs> to us, Get my <laughs> head in, Chrome Yellow by all the
2: Mmm, what's this book about? Mm. I don't know. No, it's got no, yellow just, in the title. Oh, I just don't know. know what yellow is. <laughs> just don't show my face. Yeah. <laughs> just, that guy, just, I think he's a cunt from a Maybe they piss
0: themselves more. Uh, brilliant. Oh, Steve, it's been fantastic talking to you. And, I, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seal up the yeah. time capture yeah is, the ba- is it you put a full bag in there yeah. <laughs> it's really it it in another a carrier triple bag yeah it's alright I might even put a sound effect here no, yeah. here it goes or I might not yeah we'll see it's a sci-fi carrier bag I think it does <laughs> <laughs> it even exist anymore it's like <laughs> Doctor Who this isn't it? it's amazing something. bless you thank you for doing this and uh, I've really enjoyed having a chat with you it must be been nice to be here You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my guest, Steve Edge. You can subscribe to this podcast on Acast, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or any podcast app, really, to hear all other episodes and to receive each new episode on the day of release. And if you have the time, we'd love it if you would rate us and leave a review. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at MyTCPod, or at Fenton-Stevens. This podcast was produced by John Fenton Stevens and the music is by Past the Peas Music. It was a cast-off production. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed it, there are plenty of other episodes available for your listing pleasure, as they say. As for me, I'm going to go and see if I can find anything by the capsules on Spotify. Yeah, I doubt it. Keep safe.